I am so excited for this conversation I'm about to have. I have slid into this woman's DMs, <laughs> and now she's here in person. Kate Taylor Martin. Chief performance and mindset coach, Hannah Khan. Welcome back. I make it part of my self-image, and the more I rest, the more I make. Hannah Khan is an extraordinary woman. She has a very extraordinary understanding of how the mind functions. Welcome to Possibilities. My name is Hina Khan, and I am a former psychotherapist, peak performance mindset coach, and I help you create a life you love through ease, joy, and fun. And somebody that looks like they're having a lot of fun and loving their life is Kate Taylor Martin. I'm just going to read her bio here. She is a holistic nutritionist, the founder and CEO of the superfood brand Nut Bar, mom of three under the age of six, and we just realized we live in the same neighborhood, like we are neighbors. She created a healthy cafe, a, the coffee shop of the future. The first location opened in 2017, and she now has five, and I should seriously have shares in it. Like, just take all my money. <laughs> take all my money. So the way that Kate and I met, by the way, first of all, welcome, Kate. I'm so excited. Thank you. Me too. What an honor. Such, Pleasure. Oh, the way that we met, and this is our first time meeting in person, was that I would go to the Leslieville Nut Bar location, thanks to Catherine Marr, who told me about it, and then I would post that I was there. And then you um, were always so appreciative mm -hmm. and would be like, thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. And it is so good what you have created. It is it is really good. That's why I feel I should have shares there. So here's my first question for you. When did you get the idea of this coffee bar for the future? Well, let me start, let me rewind yes. before you set the stage, because I think it helps uh, give context to how we've arrived where we are. I was working at St. Mike's Hospital, and I loved my job. I was doing really interesting work with really fascinating doctors and researchers. My job was to, I was in public relations, so to get their kind of really uh, scientific, data-driven research into the public eye. And it was great. And then I got moved. I remember this is kind of a pivotal point. I used to be in the hospital working, um, as I said, amongst all the doctors and researchers. And then I moved over to a different department and their office wasn't in the hospital. It, it wasn't in the hospital, it was in an office building. And I remember going into work day after day, week after week, and feeling that something wasn't sitting well. Something about the monotony of the elevator doors opening, pressing the same floor, mm -hmm. seeing the little TV in the elevator of the days just kind of clicking on, walking through this gray, um, artificially lit hallway to my little cubicle. And I was like, this is just not what my life is going to be. I just resisted it with every bone in my body. And at the same time, uh, I had talked to a colleague at St. Mike's and she told me by chance that she'd been at a running club the night before and she had met this holistic nutritionist, Joy McCarthy, who's a great nutritionist mm -hmm. in the city. And she's like, you should check out this blog. You know, I found it really interesting. So I went back to my desk to that same cuticle, pulled up this blog. And I know that you talk a lot about these moments in life where it feels like something is just that, that deep calling alignment 
feeling that is almost impossible to describe, but for those who have had it, it's unmistakable. And I had this feeling of just like, this is it, you know, learning about these beautiful, nourishing foods, how good you could feel, um, making meals that tasted really delicious, but that were really, really good for you. Um, You know, thinking about how I could improve my sleep at night, how we're meant to have consistent energy levels throughout the day, how we're supposed to have vibrant health and just soaking up every ounce of information that this blog had. And so I would, you know, go home at night, start to learn more, soak up as much information as I could. And very quickly, I realized like this wasn't just a a side passion of mine, that that this needed to be my life's purpose, that I wanted to dive deeper into this world of feeling good, of this really holistic approach to wellness. And so I enrolled in the Institute of Holistic Nutrition where Joy had gone. And so that kind of felt like, how do I get closer to this these people and and these ideas. So I enrolled in the school. I was doing that part-time nights while I stayed at the hospital and, uh, you know, would go to class. And again, that feeling of alignment, like the people in those classes, I was like, these are my people. They are talking about the things that I want to talk about. You know, we would geek out on what we would all bring for dinner that night as we would have our class. Um, And very quickly, I just, it was almost like no turning back. I just was like one foot in front of the other, deeper and deeper into this world while not really knowing where it would lead me, but knowing that I had to follow this path. And uh, one of the exercises for one of the classes was thinking about your business plan for when nutrition school finished. And I had to make a mood board. And so I put this really beautiful cafe front on it with some design details. And, you know, that I didn't really realize it at the time, but growing up, I was obsessed with the idea of owning a store. My mom for my 10th birthday got me a cash register. It's all I wanted in the world. And, you know, at that time, cash registers weren't like an iPad. She had to open the yellow pages and find out where to get me a cash register. And I would put price tags on everything in my room, make my siblings shop my room and check them out with their receipts. And I loved the idea of connecting with people in a store, something about creating a space that people would frequent and I would yeah I could just I imagine it so viscerally and so when I had to do that mood board you know it wasn't even a conscious thought I just put this beautiful storefront on and somehow that idea just kept taking shape as the class evolved and I started to think about what I wanted to do next I thought could I open a store that would use these superfoods that I was learning about in school, these incredibly nutrient-dense, powerful, beautiful foods. And at that time, nothing like that existed. Like I always said, when I would go study, the only place to get something healthy was like the banana at cash at Starbucks. Um, And so the idea of taking these really beautiful foods, making them into these snacks that I would make, I was making anyway at that time and giving them to my friends and family. And they're like, I love these, but I'm not going to make them myself. And where am I going to get them on the go? Um, Started to trickle down into this idea for Nut Bar, which very quickly became a healthy coffee shop concept. I knew I didn't want to open a full scale restaurant. And to be honest, that idea probably scared me like a restaurant just feels so big. And for some reason, I thought a coffee shop was manageable. (laughs) So I just, you know, one foot in front of the other, did the recipe testing, met with as many people as I could, our mutual friend Lexi being one of them who at that time had wax on. And so she was showing me what was possible, Mm. um, which is really just beautiful and powerful. And for me at that time, kind of what I needed to see that Mm -hmm. it it actually could happen. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, before I knew it, I was meeting with a real estate agent once I had put this business plan in place. And then this is what I say to people very quickly. You're in so deep that you can't turn around. There's no turning back. back. And if I like if to, to think about the idea of starting that bar from phase one from zero would feel impossible. Like yeah. it's just so much. But yes. once you just follow that calling or that feeling that you are getting close to something that feels really, really good and very much in alignment with who you are and what you want your life to look like and all of that, at some point you're just doing it. Okay, don't worry. I'm going to ask all the questions. <laughs> so at one point, did you ever have a moment where you were like, now, am I really going all in on this or is it time to step away? Did you have a wobbly moment in that early in those early days of developing this? I really didn't have a wobbly moment. I had times where I was aware of what I was doing and it was kind of that feeling of like, whoa, I'm 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 really going for it. Like, yeah, I'm in so deep. There's really no turning back. I had that awareness, but never for one second did I have the feeling of should I be doing this or, you know, have I gone astray or what am I doing? Like I never for one second questioned what I was doing, which honestly, when I look back on, I I can't believe that that's the case because the undertaking was so big and and I've done a lot of thinking about why that is. And I think one is just me being naive. Like I actually didn't, right, didn't know, know, what you didn't how know how big yeah. the undertaking was yeah. and how crazy this business is. Yeah. And um, two, I, th- I really truly believe that when there's a bigger why, when you're being pulled to something that's connecting so deep to something within you, it's not a consideration to stop mm-hmm. like it really just feels like you have to keep going even when it feels crazy even when it feels hard even when it's like mm-hmm. you know overwhelming it, it it really never felt like an option for me to say this isn't for me wow many times people have to develop that faith mm-hmm. but you had it you had the faith and persistence mm-hmm. and that is something for many people that they have to cultivate and keep coming back to and remind themselves of and i think one of the qualities that you have that you've talked about before is that you are decisive mm-hmm. and did that come from your mom yes Tell my me mom about that because i think that that's a huge thing because we don't learn how to make decisions So what's interesting is, okay, so yes, I would love to give my mom a shout out here because my mom is, my mom is a force in so many ways, but her decisiveness is astounding. Really? Because we don't, so many of us, we don't have it modeled for us. It's like, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? We're polling everybody. I know. She is so clear on, I mean, on so many things and she's an incredible model for me. Um, it's interesting because I am decisive in a lot of ways when it applies to this type of thing, when it applies to what I want my life to look like. Mm. I'm crystal clear. I know where I'm going. I know what I want. I know what I like, you know, this sort of expansiveness I am yearning for and desperate for and curious for. And I am so decisive on things that get me closer to that and not. But there are other things. My husband, if you I mean, he will be listening to this. <laughs> he would laugh at the decisive thing because he's also somebody in my life who's extremely black or white. And so in our relationship dynamic, I'm always the one of like, do you think we should do this? Do you think we should? And he's kind of the one that, you know, can can break that down. But I would say, 
yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that and see how that resonates when somebody calls me decisive. I would say in certain ways I'm very decisive and I can probably pin it down to, you know, these things that are 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 bigger um, life decisions, if that makes sense. How did the trait and the habit of making decisions help you in those early days? That's a great question. Um, if I think back to those early days, as I said, I, I, I felt like I was being pulled towards something. And so I knew that in order to get closer to that goal, I had to make decisions mm -hmm. that got me there. And did you, but you're also doing something new that you haven't done before. Did you always have a strong connection to your intuition, to your gut, to just know, even though you don't know what you don't know? Incredibly strong really? intuition and incredibly strong gut. I feel things so deeply. Um, and so at that time, honestly, a lot of it was that. Like the location is a perfect yes. example. So, you know, when you have the map of the city of Toronto and you're thinking to open a new location, you can do, you can get the data, you can, you know, look at what other businesses have worked. But at the end of the day, it it is sort of a gamble of especially a first location. To, you don't even have proof of concept yet. And so I spoke to a ton of people, a lot a lot of people recommended what the West End. They were like, it's cool. There's a lot of young people there. I really think that you should go in the West End. And I was getting that advice from a lot of people. And I felt so strongly that the first location had to be in Summerhill. And I didn't have the business case. I mean, I, I a few times sat outside where I wanted the location to be at all different times of day, counted how many people would walk by, called all the Starbucks of the young line to get a sense of how many people each of those locations got a day and what percentage of them ordered food. So that kind of helped me gauge like if I'm looking at a like concept, how does the population fluctuate across the city? So I, I did things like that to help me make an educated decision. But that feeling of the decision for the first location, I knew that it had to be at Summerhill. I knew that's where I I felt very comfortable with the demographic. I knew that there was a higher disposable income, and I knew that that would be a huge factor in the success and to be able to build the brand that, of course, our product is more expensive, and I needed people who could justify that expense. Um, I knew that the businesses around it were sort of a high-end, luxurious, specialty type of business. I knew that the neighborhood loved a neighborhood story mm -hmm. and that I had sort of grown up in and around that area. And so I could really connect to that. I just, I knew that. And, you know, that went through a lot of decisions with, with those early days, like the menu, for example, yeah. you know, I had this very strong feeling that we had to have kind of categories. So our toasts, our bowls, our smoothies to make it very clear for people that it wasn't a restaurant, but it was this idea of a healthy coffee shop concept. I really had strong feeling about what flavors needed to be, um, you know, the look and feel of the place, all of this kind of stuff was decisions were made largely on intuition and gut. And sometimes I shy away from that because it feels insubstantive almost yeah. like it feels sort of wishy-washy to mm -hmm. say you're making decisions based on gut mm -hmm. versus a data set mm -hmm. um and so yeah but i i i i think if you have that mm -hmm. which i do it's really important to listen to that mm -hmm. um especially when i'm creating a business that is in many ways a reflection of me and how i want to live my life and so and hasn't been done before in the way that you're doing it correct so you've got to trust your gut mm -hmm. you're creating it mm -hmm. 
How does it show up for you when you say that I felt it in my gut? What is that like for you? What's the experience? Oh, it's... It's, a, I mean, an inner knowing. It's an so it's a knowing. A for knowing. You, you just you know. Yes. Yeah. And and a really good litmus test is when the opposite is true. When I'm making a decision or doing something that doesn't align with that feeling. Yes. How bad that feels in my body. Yes. 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 Exactly. So this is something that I talk about with my clients a lot because this is your superpower, mm -hmm. I think. And this is how you can come to decisions mm -hmm. quickly. If we can see this as tangible, mm -hmm. we think it's not tangible and we need the evidence and mm -hmm. to see it mm -hmm. all. But even if you are looking at the data, you can still go to your gut mm -hmm. with the data. Mm -hmm. And when you get this, I think this is a way to create mm -hmm. through ease mm -hmm. and trust that. And so I think it's just incredible to me that you are aware of that and aware that it is right for you. And as you're saying that, I realize that that intuition or gut feeling doesn't come from nowhere. Like that feeling can mm -hmm. be based on yes. data or situations or life experiences that you've had that's creating a very, um, you, you know, seemingly tangible feeling in you. It's not this sort of woo-woo, like, oh, I'm just getting a feeling. That yeah. feeling is coming from somewhere. Yes, And so it's about listening to that and tuning in and sometimes it's actually like getting the noise we're, we're so bombarded with like other people's narratives and thoughts and opinions that sometimes I think the best thing we can do is tune it all out and, and really tune inward and I think that's true in business certainly and also I've really noticed that in motherhood that mm -hmm. there's so much messaging mm -hmm. on how we should be raising our kids and while that suits us in some ways I think the best thing that I can do as a mom is to just, I know, I know what is best for my own children. And so to really follow that. And speaking of motherhood, when you opened your first location, did you find out you were pregnant when you opened your first location? Yeah, or like within a couple days. Can you tell yeah. us about that? What was that like? <laughs> um, it was, and I this mean, is the Summer Hill location, the, right? The Summer that Hill you location. Knew you had to do I it there. I had to do it. Everything um, was lined up and... Yeah, like construction was well underway. We were a couple days from opening. So just in the absolute chaos of opening a new location, you know, working around the clock, setting it all up um, myself with the the one person I had hired at that time, managing the construction, doing everything, like trying to get the word out, the marketing messages, the yeah. photo shoots. The, I mean, we had nobody. Um, and we were very like bootstrappy at the beginning. So uh, I was already feeling kind of at capacity. And then, yeah, I found out I was pregnant. But I really, it's always felt busy, but full and joyful. Mm -hmm. Like I, I never have looked at my kids or pregnancy or these crazy times is heavy. Um, like what a gift to open a business and have a child at the same time. And I think looking back, it was actually the best thing that could have happened because it forced me from day one, which I always objectively knew was the goal, but it forced me from day one to be able to create the business without myself at the core of it. Mm. It had to run without me there. And yes. I really think that somehow that was, that needed to happen at that time because it was my my passion. I was so, you know, desperate to be a part of every 
minute of that cafe, of interacting with every customer, of being the one to open and close because the shop. Because this was your dream at 10. It, exactly. This was like you really exactly. had the cash register it, now. I, exactly. Exactly. And I loved working cash. There was nothing that lit me up more in my oh life my gosh, than to stand behind it. cash. Oh my gosh. To talk about the superfoods, to share the joy, to get people to sample, to explain the concept. Um, so I, I, I wonder if I hadn't have gotten pregnant, how deeply I would have got sucked yes. into the day to day so yeah. that I could never remove myself. But because, you know, literally my belly grew to the point that I couldn't fit behind the cash anymore. And so I was forced to build the company from the lens of I can't be there every day. Oh, my gosh. I love this because what it did, if you're going to build the company from that lens, you have to think of ideas of how to be effective yeah. and productive that would allow you mm -hmm. not to be there every day mm -hmm. so that you also wouldn't feel torn. Mm -hmm. That is incredible mm -hmm. that you were able to do that at the beginning mm -hmm. as opposed to then having to untangle things, right? Disentangle yourself mm -hmm. from things, things that you mm -hmm. maybe get really attached to because you were there from the very beginning yeah. doing it. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, that means you've got a team, obviously. You've got multiple locations. And sometimes I think the actual product, like the nut bar, the smoothies, that becomes the easy part when you then get into leadership. And now you've got people and a culture. And a culture is the hardest thing to scale, especially along multiple locations. Tell me about that journey for you in being a leader. That's a daily practice. Yeah. That is a daily practice. That is getting ego out of it and being very open to... Um, you know, feedback, I think looking at your own tendencies through a different lens, all of these things, it's such, it's very humbling work. Um, yeah, that's a daily practice and something that I'm constantly working on. I think what has really worked for us in terms of culture is I'm, I have to say I attract great people mm -hmm. and I think what, you know, of course, culture, I mean, what is culture? It's, it's the feeling that people have when, yeah. when they're at work. And so my kind of right-hand person, Karina, who's been with me for five years is an outstanding person. And so as a result, you know, the people that she hires are incredible because mm -hmm. they resonate with her and who she is and her leadership. And then we have great store managers who are able to hire and attract great people. Like, there's a contagion effect there. And when I think about our culture and you know, myself as a leader, something that really stands out is this idea of looking at people as people first mm -hmm. and employees second. Mm -hmm. And I think when you really see the humanity mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, that everybody is coming into work every day with their own story. That's right. And their own, you know, all of it, yeah. all of it that we all carry. I mean, that's what I say, like on your team, it's not just that person, it's their family, exactly. you know, what they're going through exactly. as well. That is all coming in. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you see that and honor that in people, it really yeah. means you're seeing people for their whole self. You're yes. not just seeing them for the slice of pie that they bring to work. I think that, you know, that motivates people to want to show up as the best version of themselves. They feel truly seen. And so, you know, when, when we feel seen, we we want to do the same for others. We want to bring our best foot forward. So that's, that's I think, something that just comes naturally to me. Um, and then all the other stuff in terms of leadership, I think it's, um, yeah, I really think it's a daily practice of all the things that we know, right? Like setting boundaries, being mm -hmm. very clear on expectations, um, all, all of that stuff, which 
you know, every day I'm, I'm learning more and more and, and practicing and flexing those muscles. Well, as you know, I go to the Leslieville location often. I mean, this is what it's come to. <laughs> I have phoned and said, can I pick up my order? And I tell them the order and they're like, oh, is it Hina? And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. I know I'm there often. Um, and they're wonderful. You've mm. got a great team that's working there. And they are, and there's not a lot of turnover. Mm -hmm. Like you see the same people, which is why they know your mm -hmm. order as well. And it's very friendly and I can hear the way they're talking mm -hmm. to other customers. Mm -hmm. So you've really created something special because online someone had said, oh, I love the Somerville, Summer, Summer, Hill. Summer Hill location. I'm like, Summer Hill? Well, I like Leslieville. All of a sudden <laughs> I was very protective of these people. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure they're great, but have you been to Leslieville? So, but the fact that it's also being touted in another location, this is something that you've created. You know, as we know, it's all a mirror to ourselves. Mm. The good, oh, yeah. the stuff we need to work on, it all shows up. What has shown up for you about yourself when it comes to leadership? Um, so many things. I think if I could rephrase that, the big thing that I... I'm working on is that idea of boundaries that I think when you naturally, as I said, you know, I, I'm a very people person. Like I, I, I empathize deeply. I feel like I'm very compassionate. And so I, I find it hard to, um, hold that at the same time, a very clear boundaries and mm -hmm. expectations because there always sort of is a, you know, a human element that comes into play. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the big work that I'm doing is on being able to still be that person because that I'm never going to, I'm never going to be a leader who doesn't feel deeply. Um, so to be able to still hold that at the same time as, you know, kind of that other side, the, mm -hmm. the, the yin and the yang. Yeah. That's boundaries, I think, is a big one for leaders. Absolutely. And especially what I find with female leaders, because we have grown up to people, please. It's been ingrained for not for everybody, mm -hmm. but for many mm -hmm. people ingrained as a way of being accepted mm -hmm. as a positive mm -hmm. trait. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great learning mm -hmm. to have that and model that mm -hmm. for your team as well about boundaries. Mm -hmm. What... When you think about, okay, so I actually want to go back. So you decide that you're go, going to open up Nut Bar. Where was Nut Milk? Where Did that happen before or after or during that process of the healthy coffee cafe? It happened sort of in conjunction, but it was never um, like a cornerstone of it the wasn't? concept as it, as it has become. Oh, so, interesting. So I... Um, I knew that we couldn't say, you know, we are like unwavering in our commitment to quality and we have the highest quality, most nutrient dense food and then open a Tetra pack of almond milk and pour it in. Like right. we, we needed to have real house made nut milk. So when we first opened, we tried to make it ourselves in the back in the back of house. And I mean, 
like I wish I had it on video. It was a disaster. Was it was it? like we were so busy and trying with, you know, those little kind the of bags, cheese the mesh cloth. Bags yeah, those things. mesh yeah. bags. Yeah. And somebody was kind of looking at me being like, there's got to be a better way here. <laughs> this um, is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. <laughs> I remember one of the first nights I called my husband at midnight and I was like, you got to come help me. Like we've run out of everything. You need to juice lemons. I have not milk to make. Uh, so a lot of learnings. But very quickly we realized that we couldn't do it in the back of house. So we found a third party to make it up to our quality standards, which is only 100% organic ingredients, 30% organic nuts, whereas the average box nut milk is 2% nuts. No preservatives, processors, stabilizers, nothing. Like literally just the whole organic ingredients. So we found somebody to do that. But very quickly, you realize when somebody else is doing it that you it's just not up to your standards. Like mm-hmm. people are going to take shortcuts if they can. Mm-hmm. And um, so during COVID, uh, my head of operations and me were, you know, there was so much going on, but the stores were closed for a period of time. And so we were thinking, what what can we do? We knew we always wanted to manufacture our own nut milk. And so when I talk about that one foot in front of the other, at that time, it felt impossible. I remember the feeling of how are we ever going to be on the other side of this? Like with our own facility and equipment and yeah. manufacture our own nut milk. Like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Um, and was but, that another gut feeling, though, that we have to do it yeah, at that time? It wasn't, okay. So many of these things. It wasn't, you know, should we? It was like, we're going to. Right. We're going to. You don't to. know how. Don't know how. Right. Um, but not paralyzed by the how. Yes. Just... You know, it's kind of scary. So if I can just pause here for a moment and tell you, this is why I say the how is none of your business. If you were going to get bogged down in the how, you would still be trying to figure it out. All you could do was like, what's the next step? And then the how shows itself. Is that what happened? That is exactly what happens. And it's so great to hear you say it like that, because if you're not breaking the how down, it does feel impossible because you don't know. So, I mean, of course, of course you don't know the how because... You've never done this You've never done it before. So I can't say like, oh, I know how. I'm going to source this equipment and do this and this and this. So that that one foot in front of the other, just you can think about almost sort of chiseling away. Yeah. um, Until you uncover what what you're after. And that's what we did. We, you know, sourced the equipment. We, and at this time I was now pregnant with my third child. So with the big belly hauling the nuts and sloshing the milk and all of it. But um, yeah, we found the equipment. We got the nuts. We did a million different tests. I would go at the end of the day, we'd have these huge buckets of nut milk and I would bring them to my Riverdale friends and say, can everyone try this nut milk? What do you think? What tastes better? You know, there's no preservative. So it goes bad in three days. And I'd have this vat of nut milk. So I was trying to give it away to everybody I could. And, you know. We just figured it out. Like we just trial and error, hard work, did it. And um, we, so that meant that we were manufacturing finally our own product for in-store, which was extremely gratifying and really felt like it closed the loop of, of what we say that, you know, everything else is made in-house. So why wouldn't our nut milk? And I should say the nut milk is an important piece because that's why things are so delicious. It's in our smoothies, in our so coffees. So that's what it is. That is it because. Because it is addictive. And I yeah. wonder, like, what, you know, when I um, I go to Arizona once a year, I have for the last three years for a month to work with my coach, and I miss my children. I do. And, and you know, I, I obviously <laughs> miss the family. And then I miss <laughs> And then I miss the smoothie. Like, it's up there with 
<laughs> the family. So it's the nut milk. It's the nut milk. Because it is, when you drink it on, have you ever drank it on its own? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to get the, okay. No, so yes. go we on, need go to, on. We have yes, a lot. We to, need to. <laughs> it's the most luxurious, creamy. It's so nutritious. You know, it has seven grams so of protein. Tasty. I know. It's so tasty. And that's what makes our coffees amazing and our smoothies and everything. So the nut milk really is like truly at the core of what, what we're doing. And so we were supplying all of our stores finally, but then everybody was asking to have this product at home. Yeah. But we're so used to shelf-stable products that we're used to 60, 90-day shelf life. Ours goes bad in three to five days because it's that fresh. Yes. And I always say, that's such a sign. Like, our food should go bad. Oh, right. You know? Oh our food wow. should go bad. Like, if you have something in the fridge, why is it lasting you six months or something on the counter. Like, it's interesting. If you eat an organic apple and you take a bite of it and leave it on your um, counter, you'll see it start to brown in like an hour. Kate, I didn't even think of that. And this is for my mother who thinks that just because it's in the freezer, there is no expiry date. It can still, you know, there is still a moment. But you're so mm-hmm. right. Food We have been so by. conditioned that... It should not, and it should last. I know. For so these tetra packs of nut milk that we're all grabbing, yeah. that aren't even in the fridge, they're on the shelf. It's been pasteurized to death. There's no real food enzymes. It's not real food anymore. It's just kind of this dead water. So this wow. nut milk, I love the fact that it goes bad so quickly. It just shows how fresh yeah. it is. And so, um, but it's not scalable. Like. What yeah. are we going to do with nut milk that goes bad in three days? So that's why we decided to make it a concentrate and flash freeze it. So what that does is it locks in the nutrient density, but it is how human beings have been preserving food for thousands of years is freezing it. So you can stock your freezer full of our nut milk, pull out one of the bars, thaw it in the fridge overnight or run it under hot water, and you have the most fresh mm. Dreamy, luxurious. Okay. Well, next time I'm in the it's location. It's called bar milk. It's called bar milk. Mm-hmm. I see it in the freezer. So how long can it last for? In so the when freezer? I take that and oh. I put it in my freezer. Three to five. Oh, in the freezer, six to nine months. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And we've had that lab tested. It does not change the nutrient density at all. Freezing is is a great way of preserving food. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I've learned so much. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So this is something new that you have now added to it. What has that process been like bringing that into the stores now? It's been great. Um, but again, it's it's humbling. And yeah. it's, it also kind of goes back to that full circle moment that we said at the beginning of when it's new, you're always starting from scratch. So, yeah. you know, as much as we feel like we've got a handle on our own business and what we're doing, we're starting something new. So that comes with, you know, a learning curve, a learning curve. What's and, you know, all the acronyms and people speaking a language. And I'm like, what's average order value? What yeah. is ad yeah. spend? What's my ROAS? What's my, you know, it's yes. a whole new language. But um, it feels great. It feels really exciting. And it's a new chapter for us. And I think that, you know, this whole CPG, consumer packaged good world, could be great for us to do our granolas and our bars yes. and enter a new chapter. I love it. So I can tell that you are very passionate about what we are putting into our body and you have created an alternative for people that are on the go Mm -hmm. and have to rush but can now choose a healthier option. For those people that are like, because food is so interesting now, it's not food. For those that might be like, I want to start to understand this a little bit. I do want to know more, but I'm overwhelmed and it's not my forte. 
It's not what I went to school for. Where do we start, Kate? Thank you for asking the question because this is where I feel I my passion is just like I can't contain it, how excited I am to share information to help people feel good. It's similar to the work you do yeah. with mindset. It's when you can see people make these differences and really feel amazing. I mean, there's there's no better feeling. Um, so, yeah, certainly this world of wellness is very complicated right now. But what I would say is what we were talking about earlier is to start, get rid of all the marketing messages. Strip okay. away everything that you are hearing. You go into you know a bookstore and there's like eight rows of books telling you how to eat. What I always say is strip all of that down how did nature intend us to eat? What what was here thousands and thousands of years oh. ago? Let's just focus on food in its most whole nutrient-dense form as the best guide to eating well. So that just means as little from a bag, box, or can as possible. Obviously, that's much more work for some people. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a really good thing to have in the back of your head is like, even how are you grocery shopping? You know, the perimeter of the grocery store are the fresh fruits and vegetables and, you know, cheese and whatever. And so many of us just do our grocery shopping in the middle. Yes. Where it's boxes and bags and cans of, as you said, things that aren't really food. Yeah. And so I love that, you know, just to kind of pare it back for people, um, when they think about having a morning breakfast, um, you know, perfect example is yogurt, which mm -hmm. I, I love sharing because many of us think yogurt and granola is a really healthy breakfast. Mm -hmm. But a cow didn't produce, you know, flavored strawberry cream milk. Right. Um, yogurt is meant to be full fat, unflavored. And so, oh, um, yes. Well, and I've been doing that wrong. <laughs> Not to your fault, because I yeah. think we hear that yogurt's a great breakfast. Yes. But um, I always remind people that flavored yogurt has more sugar than ice cream. And so instead, think about, you know, yogurt in its most whole form. It's just full fat, which is really important, non-flavored. And then if you'd like a little bit of flavor, add some cinnamon into it and yeah. a little bit of honey. And that is just makes such a big difference on your you know, the metabolic effect that it have on your system, spiking your blood sugar levels, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, so food in its most whole, real nutrient-dense form. So that would be a place to start, is just look at the whole food that mm -hmm. you are having mm -hmm. and consuming when you are shopping. What Sometimes I think it can feel like whenever you, whether whatever you want to do, like working out or or sometimes it can feel daunting. And if there was something that you could say, okay, you don't have to let go of anything, but I would add this. This mm -hmm. is something to mm -hmm. add. Mm -hmm. What would that be? Okay, so without taking anything away, often we talked about nutrition school, how the single thing, single best thing you could do for your health was have a glass of lemon water first thing in the morning on okay. an empty stomach. So that is oh. incredible for basically kickstarting your system. I put a little bit of cayenne in mine. It kind of has this like fiery feel. I also put vitamin D and trace minerals and chlorophyll and all the things. So that one cup of water just sets a great foundation. But that's amazing for kickstarting your system first thing in the morning. It's great for helping to detoxify your liver, um, great for your metabolism, all of the things. So that's a really simple, obviously, um, morning hack. And the thing I have found is that when we start to do really little things like that, like yeah. a water or pay attention to our coffee in the morning. So maybe instead of, you know, 
putting white sugar into your coffee, putting a quarter of that amount of sugar tomorrow yeah. or trying a little bit of a different sweetener. You start to feel a little bit different, a little bit better, right? Even something as simple as a cup of water, you feel like you're taking care of yourself or thinking about yourself in a new way, which is sort of contagious for then your cup of coffee you're thinking about in a little bit yes. of a different way. And then you're like, you know, I've been mindful this morning, so maybe I'll opt for a different breakfast versus my white bagel with cream cheese today. I'll do something. And then, you know, by lunchtime, you're feeling really great. And so you're opting for it. Like the, the point is to say really small things have a pretty powerful ripple effect. And I think once you get a feeling for how good you can feel, you want to keep feeling that good. You know what? You are so right, because I think that this is something that we talk about, too, is that you're going to fall back on your habits. So if you even create a habit, it's the compound effect. If you create a habit of just that, starting your day with that glass of water with lemon mm -hmm. and create that habit, then it becomes automatic. Mm -hmm. And, and then you don't even have to think about it. It just is. And then you feel odd when you don't have it. Exactly. Then you notice exactly. it. It's, that's actually when you notice the benefits of it. Because if you are traveling and for some reason you don't have it, you're like, oh, wow, I do feel a lot better when I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And I know both of us have a pretty intense morning routine. Yes. Yes. I love <laughs> Which, a morning routine. Oh, I love a morning routine. And I can, I can feel my old self hearing my new self like, I resisted this for so many years yeah. and my husband would get up early and I was like, you're so annoying. Like who gets up at five o'clock and has a cold shower and the whole thing? Like, yeah. you know, it's annoying to talk about, but then you do it and you want to scream it from the rooftops because it's giving you, you know, we talk about what are these little things you can do. It's giving you a foundation so that whatever happens in your day or the choices that you make are coming from a place of filling your own cup. You know, so you're not starting the day already kind of feeling exhausted or tired or behind. So you are just kind of grabbing that coffee and all that sugar to feel a little bit better and get a boost, which leads you into a shitty lunch, which leads you into a bad dinner. Yeah. Like taking, carving out this time, which when you're not doing it feels impossible. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing it, it, you can't imagine life without it. Mm -hmm. I really believe like this is where change starts to happen, that you can't consider the end goal of, you know, I want to be a healthier person or I want to have that really consistent energy throughout the day or just have these feelings of vibrance and mm -hmm. vitality. You can't get there without zooming all the way back to say, okay, well, if I'm going to start this, what am I doing tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think control your mornings, control your day. When you you know, and it's it's what we're putting into our body, how we're starting the content that we're listening to in the morning, um, even just not having news on or not going right to social media, because then somebody has hijacked your day and you're getting involved in things and you haven't had a chance to set your intention and who you are being. Who am I being today? And now you can go through your day responding and not reacting. Of course, we all have moments where things come up and we find ourselves reacting, but you've got this base to come back to. And again, for me, what I say is it doesn't have to be, you know, set your alarm for an hour ahead, 15 minutes. Just start there. It's kind of like that mm -hmm. water. Just mm -hmm. start with something that feels doable. So you also don't have to create a situation where you're setting yourself up to fail, that you can't do it. And then you're reinforcing a narrative of, well, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. So we start with easy steps. Mm -hmm. It's better than no steps. I think that's great. And I know that you, when you have your morning shower... I tried this the other day because I knew I was going to be interviewing Kate. 
And what she does, she goes 10 minutes like a normal person, warm, hot, does all the things, and then she turns it to cold for two minutes. But not just like, oh, a little lukewarm, like it's frosty. It is cold. So I did it. <laughs> How'd you I, do? How'd you well, do? Well, I didn't have a clock. I was like, I feel like that's two minutes. It's two minutes. It's done. It's done. But boy, did I feel great afterwards. So I think what I'll do is I'll just ex- try to do it a little bit longer. It's great. It's so powerful. What is it? Okay, so I'm glad you brought up this cold because during COVID, um, when the world shut down, the business was closed. I had at that point a two and a half year old and a six month old and just felt out of control as we all did. And how many how many store, how many locations did you have at um, that three. time? So three locations, a two and a half year old and a, a six, six month, month old. old. Yes. And I was feeling just bad. I mean, yeah. I, I felt like there was no control. I needed I needed something to kind of hold on to. And at the exact same time, my brother and sister-in-law, they now own a, a business called Othership, which is sauna and cold plunge. And at that time, they were iterating on the idea. So, you know, they were very much speaking the language of ice plunges and cold. And I remember the feeling of saying, I'm just not the type of person mm-hmm. who could ever do a cold shower or a cold mm-hmm. bath. I'm not that type of person. You know, I would go into my cottage lake in July and like dip my toe in and be like, ah, right. it's too cold. <clears throat> and that's what I kept saying. They'd say, you know, come try the ice bath, come to the thing. I'm not the type of person that could do cold. And then my brother kind of sat down with me and he was like, I feel like this is something <clears throat> that you could really benefit from. Will you try it with me? And he's very just beautiful kind of spiritual guys, really into breath work. So we did this big breath work. We were at the cottage in March. So the the lake is ice. And he walked me through this huge breath work, kind of this idea of mind over matter, that we are so much more powerful, our mindset, than we give our credit ourselves credit for. And that this idea of I'm not somebody who can do cold yeah. is a story that you're telling yourself. Yes. That's actually not true. Yes. You could be that type of person. You're telling yourself that you're not. Yes. And I, ha- I have to tell you, like, I think for the rest of my life, that will be a moment where I really feel like there was a before and after in terms of really paying attention to that inner voice and that narrative mm-hmm. and that mindset mm-hmm. of because I did the cold mm-hmm. and it was really hard and difficult, but I did it and I came out and my brother kind of looked at me and he's like, so you are the type of person that can do cold. And that it's just, su- it was such a tangible example for me yeah. of where else in my life am I going around telling myself that I'm not the type of person who could, yeah. but y- that's that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. And the power of being able to turn that is um I mean, this is this is your work, but it just opens up a world of possibility yeah. because now I am the person on a podcast telling you about how yeah. great yes. cold exposure is. Yeah. And <clears throat> aren't you grateful that your brother had the love for you to sit you down? even knowing that you were resistant to it, to love you enough to say, just try it. Yes. And I'm going to be there with you every step of yeah. the way. And to know that he knows me well enough to know that I could do it. And knows you well. So yeah. he had belief in you and then you mm-hmm. could borrow his belief mm-hmm. in you. Yes. Like that's, he enrolled you through his belief in you. And I think that that's, you know, that's how I feel about the work that I do. It's like, 
if you would just try it, if you would just do it and what you do and your passion around food and your passion around how we're eating and thinking about how we fuel our body and what we put into our body. So for you, what is your mission and vision? Where where are we gonna where are you going to next, Kate? Oh, I am just so excited and inspired to share this message and have impact wherever I can to help people realize how good they can feel. Oh, and can I just say something? So uh, uh, then I have one more question. Your skin is beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how close we're getting. We don't have to get close up. I don't want to make this awkward. But you have the most beautiful skin. Like, it is it is gorgeous. And this is because of what you put into your body. I really, it's it's all of it. It's not just what I'm putting and, into and my body. And genetics and well, the, the mother that's the, very the mother, decisive. The mother. You know, the mother, it all but, goes back to the mother. But, but it's, it's, I obviously believe what I'm putting in my body is a huge piece of this pie. But I also really believe that wellness is, you know, there's a whole yes. pie there. And yes. that it's also the thoughts I am telling myself. Yes. It's my gratitude practice. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, it's leaning into all these modalities that I really feel like help me kind of have just tapped into this like next level of expansion. And I want to quickly say, because you asked about what it is about the cold plunge. Yeah. That's really good. So besides the, the actual physical benefits of, you know, it's unbelievable for mood and attention and vigilance and um, increasing the antioxidant systems in our body and our metabolism and all these crazy things. But the reason, because I feel strongly to share this with your audience, the best thing that it's done for me is this practice of mind over matter, of flexing mm. your resilience muscle every single day. Like, you think I, I don't want to turn that shower to cold. And every single day I talk, tie and talk like myself out of like it. You're... But it's amazing to observe me saying, you don't have to do it today. You don't want to do it today. Okay, you know, it's really cold outside. So maybe you'll get like every day I try and talk myself out of it. And so how often in our day-to-day -day life do we do something that overrides that flexes that resilience muscle, that, that you know, exercises willpower. And it's a really, really powerful daily mental exercise. Well, you know, discipline um, is giving yourself a command and following it. So how your confidence in yourself and your self-image would increase by you hearing and observing that you're talking yourself out of it, but you still do it, you override that programming that wants to talk yourself out of it, is going to also increase your confidence and also increase your self-concept of yourself because you do what you say you're going to do. It's there's so many layers to it. And that's why it's always beyond. It's not just about the cold. Like you said, right. it's about it's about who you become when you do what you say you're going to do that who you become when nobody's going to know. No you don't you, you can keep it on. No one's going to know. You don't have to do it. But you do it because of your promises that you keep to yourself. And a variety of other reasons that you know, and you're connect. The other thing is, is that you're connected to the outcome, and the outcome is that you know you're going to feel great. So it's that connection too, just like the connection in your business to the outcome of why am I doing this, right? And it's your greater mission and vision. Okay, one final question for Kate. First of all, I hope you've loved this. I have loved it. 
What is your favorite drink at Nut Bar? Ooh, what a nice, fun one to end on. I was like waiting for the big bomb to drop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my go-to order that I get almost every time I get the green smoothie with all the add-ons. I get Big Boost and Moss and all of the things. Well, please list them all because I'm going to go and ask for okay, it. So and then the- they're going to be like, oh, we didn't know it was you, Hannah. <laughs> and I had protein powder. Okay. Protein powder. So the green, green smoothie, smoothie with Moss. Big Boost and protein powder, and I just love knowing that I'm getting a huge handful of organic greens in in the morning. It's just I feel like my cells kind of vibrating, so I love that. And then I love well, we have a new menu item that's coming out that's actually my drink that I make at home. <gasps> I can't wait for you to try it. Um, but I do right now the super matcha. Okay. Uh, do you drink matcha? Not that much, but I'm willing to go there. Okay. I'll try. Okay, because matcha is also caffeine yes but it's a sustained release of jitter-free energy okay it's like clear calm focused energy monks consume matcha before really long periods of meditation yeah and so you know especially for me with my chaotic mornings with my kids yes the way that it feels in my body in terms of the kind of cortisol levels my adrenals it's like this really gentle nourishing release of energy Mm. instead of coffee which sometimes can kind of you know I still have coffee but my daily routine has become matcha and then I always do reishi. Reishi is the medicinal mushroom that is basically the anti-stress. It's an adaptogen. So you're doing that in the matcha? That's going to be the new yeah, drink? Yeah, it's like drops. The new drink also has magnesium, okay. which is amazing for yes. our brain and for our nervous system. And we all need nervous system support right now because modern life is insane. Yes. Like artificial lights and dings and pings and stress. We just need to support our central nervous system wherever possible. So it has reishi, magnesium, collagen, our bar milk, and matcha. It's like the What's holy it called? grail. It's going to be called the Restore and Balance. The Restore so, and Balance. Matcha, okay, yeah. that's what you're ordering. <laughs> <laughs> you're ordering the Restore and Balance or you're ordering the green smoothie with all of the add-ons. One of my favorite drinks, which actually one of your team members had showed me, was the vanilla smoothie with half a banana protein powder. And then if I'm having it in the morning, I may have a shot espresso. of espresso in it or the dandelion thing. I know, the dandy blend. It, the dandy blend. It's yes. so good because I asked if they had decaf and they didn't and they said, but do the dandy, dandy blend. blend. Yeah, super nourishing. Feels like you're having a coffee, but without that caffeine. That smoothie that you just said, yeah. I, if I do say so myself, I think that's the best smoothie in the world. The yes. vanilla smoothie with banana with, and protein yes. and espresso. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> Hence, I'm there almost every day. No, it's sad. I don't know if it's sad, but honestly, I've run into people and they recognize me because of how much I'm there. And I post them like, oh my gosh, you're Hannah. And I'm like, yeah. So if you ever want some coaching by them while we're waiting for our drinks, just come meet me there. I'll be there. Kate, thank you so much. This You know, here's the thing. I knew that this was going to be an incredible conversation just from what I knew of Kate. But it was even beyond that. And I wish we had more time. So we will have to do this again. I want to get you on a stage actually to share this because I think what I love about you and Lexi and others is you're also showing the way to create a life you love and follow your passion and gut in a way that works for you, that is a different model that we have seen in the past of the way you grow a business and grow a team. It is so valuable. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. What a gift. Oh, so good. And if you want to follow Kate, we've got 
all of her links of where you can find her in the description of the show. And you know what to do. Subscribe, (laughs) download, rate, review. That really helps us to reach more people. And speaking of which, if you've been listening to this and as you've been listening to this, you're like, my friend so-and-so really needs to hear this. I want you to share this podcast with them. I would be so grateful. Thank you so much. And we'll see you here next time. 